Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the NFNL podcast. My name is Nicholas Sacco. I'll be your host again for this week's edition. Another great episode in store for you today. We'll be speaking to the senior men's coach of the South Morang Football Netball Club, Gary Hall, following his side's 10th consecutive win in the Heidelberg Golf Club Division Three competition. And they'll more than likely finish the home and away campaign on top of the ladder. We'll also speak to the senior coach of the Diamond Creek Women's Football Club, Cole Wallington, as he leads his side to a second consecutive Division One grand final. They look to get their first premiership in the NFNL Women's Competition. We'll review all the action from our senior men's and women's comps from the weekend. And to help me do that, as he usually does, is Josh Ward. Josh, thanks for coming on. Great to be on once more, Nick. And Yeah, massive weekend of results. And finals fever is officially upon us. The last weekend of the home and away season for the bottom two divisions. The last fortnight in Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1. It is exciting times. And can't wait to take a look at the round ahead plus take a look at the weekend that passed us it's definitely finals fever netball finals begin this friday night it's grand final week for our junior competition so it's just great to be back here again it's been so long since we've been able to experience finals um, and to be back in this position um, i'm sure everyone's got smiles on their faces and you know all the best to all the junior clubs competing in grand finals this week i know they've been waiting a long time so hopefully There'll be some premiership premiership success coming your way uh, this year. But we'll begin with our review of action in our senior men's competition. We'll go to Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1. It'll be remiss of us not to kick things off with the match of the day that took place at Ben Freelay Oval between Hurstbridge and Northcote Park. It was a Bridges win by 53 points. They've just about secured their spot in the top flight for next year. Norcott Park, on the other hand, um, that could spell an end to a 27-year run mm. in Division 1. But I think everybody's talking about the star of the show that came from that game, and it was Joel Naylor. Ten goals, eight of them in the first half. Could have probably had a bit more as well, but um, it's, it's very rare that you see someone dominate the way they have, um, particularly in a match of the day. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that live, whether that be at the local level or the AFL level. I think I mentioned that in the broadcast as well. It was just amazing to see such such a remarkable performance from a player who who's shown in the past he has the he has the potential to you know kick a bag and dominate in the forward line. But the way he dominated it, it was just remarkable and. It's scary to think he's doing this at just 22. Mm. It is very, very scary to think. And yeah, that first half from him, it really set up the victory for for the Bridges, who, yeah, their their finals, I reckon they're pretty much safe in Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1 now. Northcote Park have a pretty tough run run home. And Hurstbridge, whilst they've, you know, got a tough match this this week against West Preston Lakeside, they've... They've still, got, they're still, yeah, they've still got a one winnable game against Whittlesea to end the season. So, yeah, I think unfortunately for the Cougars, they've had a great, they've shown plenty of promise. But I just, I do feel sorry for them because they've had a great run in Division One, and I think unfortunately for them, that run is about to end. And I feel like it's due to injuries. That's why I was going to say, up. yeah, it's been a tough year for them, uh, particularly on that injury front. They finished zero and twelve last year, coming into the campaign. Uh, we heard Stephen Saddington; he's been on this podcast before, just talk about how he's wanting to get that consistency going. It just 
hasn't worked for him. I think the game we called when they faced McLeod was probably their strongest squad all year. Mm. Um, and then even then, they had to come away with some pretty serious injuries as well. Jordan Schroeder to be out for the year is a big blow. Jordan Perry as well, injured for quite some time. Matthew D'Angelo was in and out of the side due to injury at times as well. So, uh, yeah, it's been a very unfortunate run. But we hope for the Cougars' sake that they won't be down in Division 2 for too long. Um, mm-hmm. Either that or they can perform some type of miracle as they play the top two sides to round out the 2022 home and away season. So it could be tough. Hurstbridge and Whittlesey playing each other probably gives them a sniff if they can grab one more win in those last two. Northcote Park, they may be able to sneak home, but mm-hmm. it is going to be a very tough task against those top sides. And then looking at the other results in the competition, I think we were all a bit surprised by how well Bandura beat Montmorency, particularly yeah. away from home. We saw the Bulls beat Greensboro last week, uh, sorry, fortnight ago, and then last week they were able to get the job done against the Magpies away from home. So it's their fourth loss of the year now, the Magpies, and both Montmorency and Bandura sit level on points on 48. They'll both play each other in a fortnight's time as well in the qualifying final. So we got a bit of a preview to that, but can Bandura do some damage in September this year, Josh? I reckon they can, based on, on this performance. And they've had the wood on on Montmorency well, the last two years. You know, they've defeated them. Uh, I know they defeated them at least once at Montmorency Park last year. They've defeated them both occasions here in two really high-scoring encounters. And, if yeah, just in the match in general, if that's a preview to... You know, what's to come in the qualifying final? I am really excited for that one then. And a couple of great performances, none more so than John Jorgensen. Responds from his goalless goalless game against Greensboro a week ago with six here. Mm. Sam Lloyd dominating in midfield and up forward. He's just been remarkable. He's had a great couple of weeks now, hasn't he, Sam Lloyd? Yeah, he's starting to really hit some form. And, you know, he'd want to hit some form heading into finals just because he's going to play a massive role for for the Bulls with David Zaharak is no longer available for the season as well. Carl Green with three. He's been mm. great this season as well. And yeah, Montmorency had some good performers, but yeah, Bandura, it's, this is a great victory and a massive confidence booster knowing that they've, you know, done the double over Montmorency this season and that they'll go in most likely as favourites against the Magpies in, in the qualifying final of Preston City over. Could also be the loss the Magpies had to have. I know mm. we could have said that against Holderberg a month or so ago, but leading into the finals, they had some pretty easy games where they, you know, dominated teams. And then you have this one and it's sort of like, all right, well, just a bit of a reality check. They play North Holderberg this week. Now, this is going to become very interesting. So, <sighs> McLeod getting a one-point win over West Preston Lakeside is just put the heat on those sides between 5th and 7th just a little bit but it's made it a bit of an interesting run towards home so uh, Greensboro well I mean you know we know that they're, what they're capable of they went down to Heidelberg mm-hmm. they got pretty close at times throughout yeah. that game but just wasn't able to get through in the end Tom Bell did all he could as he always seems <laughs> to do but just wasn't enough in the end and then North Heidelberg well they got a 4 point win over Whittlesey away from home and that was a bit of a grind the Eagles were coming in strong. They were coming off a big win against Northcote Park the week before. Nearly got over the line against North Heidelberg, which would have capped off a fantastic season for them, for them to stay in the top flight. Um, it's It's been a long time since they've had consecutive years in Division 1, so for them to have stuck around a little bit mm-hmm. longer, which would be great. Um, and then, yeah, McLeod beating West Preston Lakeside by one point means that between 5th and 7th, it's only two points now. I know fixtures are going to play a role towards the end of the year, but 
Um, I think the Bulldogs and the Roos, they'll probably still fancy themselves. McLeod's going to do it tough. They have Heidelberg this week. Um, and then they have another top five side to round out the year. I believe it might be Greensboro. Oh, Greensboro, is it? it's Greensboro. It is yes. Greensboro. So, All right. Well, that could be telling. Yeah, that's a possible elimination final, that final week. Like, you know, the one game in MC Labor Division 2, which we'll touch on a little later on. But, yeah, it is really heating up in the middle of that pack. I'm a bit surprised it is. And, yeah, when I saw that McLeod West Preston Lakeside result, I, I was I was really shocked. You know, I knew McLeod would put up a fight, but yeah, I didn't expect them to win. Mm. And now they've done the double over West Preston Lakeside this season, they which, have, is, which yes. is a great achievement. And you know, West Preston Lakeside, they've after a good month of footy, they've sort of fallen off the wagon a little bit. This this last fortnight they need to find some form heading into finals well and I think for McLeod you, you mentioned it before they, they beat West Preston Lakeside twice this season which is a fantastic effort but you know losses to Northcote Park this year mm. would really hurt a loss to Hurstbridge as well could make things could be the, the difference really between them making finals or not they pick up one or two more wins they're probably in the top five which yeah. is incredible to say so yeah look I don't know if the Roos can get through to be honest, mm. I don't think they're beating Heidelberg this week to start, so that might be a bit of a dent. North yeah. Heidelberg, on the other hand, is still a dark horse for mine. Montmorency this week, and I think coming off a loss, even though the Magpies will be revved up and, and wanting to make sure that you know they'll get they get some wins back, I think it's a really good opportunity for the Bulldogs to see where they've got. They got close to them last time. I think they're capable of doing it again. Majak mm. Dawes become a real revelation for him up forward and in the ruck. He's playing some fantastic football for them, uh, particularly with no Jesse Cardio in that side at the moment. Yeah. Um, the, the Bulldogs have been able to get some important wins and to grind out the win against the Eagles last week. I still think they're a chance and they can push the Magpies right to their limits. I think they can. It, it, it's also... It also helps they've had Boomer Harvey available it is, oh, at least some of the last couple of weeks. But And I hate to put a dampener here. I don't think he's available because North Melbourne's next two games are on a Saturday mm. as well. So that really doesn't help North, Heidel- North Heidelberg. But, and I'll touch on this later. McLeod, I, I'd give them a little chance against Heidelberg. They put up a decent fight, mind you, earlier in the season against Heidelberg at the Winton Park. And... You know, I've just got a sneaky suspicion now that Heidelberg have locked up the minor premiership. I have a feeling they might, you know, start to rest some players in these next couple of weeks. And whilst they're reserves, they're doing really well. Unbeaten this season and yeah, looking unbeatable. I think they might, you know, some of them might struggle in the top level. And McLeod, they'll have a bit more to play for. And I reckon they could, I'd still give them a chance. But yeah, it's... Pretty tough, given what Heidelberg's been able to do. But, mm. yeah, it is definitely a fascinating run home the last fortnight in Melbourne Greyhounds Division 2. And while there's this, this still the attitude, I guess, of, you know, you don't want to go too hard leading up to the finals if you've already got a spot secured, mm. I think for Heidelberg's point of view, they, they would want to keep winning. They, don't, they don't, mm. wouldn't want to be losing any games heading into finals. They want to keep the streak going, get as much momentum as they can. They're going to have the week off anyway. Um, mm. seeing as they'll finish on top of the ladder. So um, they'll want to ensure that they continue to, to put the foot to the pedal. So that might be a bit more difficult for McLeod as well this week. But a lot of intrigue as well. It's good to see that there's still a lot to play for in <laughs> Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1. Speaking of 
lots to play for. MC Labor Division 2. That just continues to deliver week after week, doesn't it? Some incredible results coming from the weekend that has put things very interesting heading into the last round of the home and away campaign. Banyul. Hold on to win by a point over Diamond Creek. An incredible result for them. The Creekers were in front at certain stages as well. Uh, but the Bears, they just get over the line in the end in a low-scoring affair. They do enough to hold on in those last few minutes. It was the Creekers that were coming in hot towards mm. the end as well. So for them to get that one-point victory, it takes Diamond Creek out of the top three because lower plenty, 21-point winners over St. Mary. So the Creekers have been in the top three for, I reckon, most of this 2022 season. But they could drop out at the worst time because I don't yeah. see them coming back into it now with one round to play. Lower plenty, I believe, play Penton Hill yep. in the last game of the year. So that probably spells an end to Diamond Creek's chances of making the top three. But before we get to the, the lower parts of the ladder, just on that top three, Josh, um, I think Banyol have had a fantastic season and they'll end it really high. Yep. Um, I know they're not going to finish on top, but um, they should, they'll still be a good challenger for Eltham this year. Um, and lower plenty, I think they can hold their heads up high too. For them to be in the top three by season's end, they had a, a pad start to the year with that loss to Watsonia. Yeah. They've had a couple of slips as well, um, a draw to Thomastown earlier this year, um, and, and, and just some losses they probably didn't need to have. For them to still finish top three, I think it's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's really impressive. I uh, Honestly, all year I, I would have thought... You know, Diamond Creek would be the third best side this season alongside Banyol second. Obviously, Altham first, but yeah, this is a seriously impressive effort. And yeah, they definitely should lift their lift their heads up. They've put together a good run of form in the last couple of weeks. And yeah, this is a really... This victory against St. Mary's is a really good one. It's a bit of a theme in recent years between... Well, the last couple of years between the two. They've been... You know, pretty close affairs, but lower plenty just in one quarter have been able to, to pull away. And I think it was that third quarter. The Premiership quarter, as it's known, that that made the difference. And yeah, it's unfortunate for Diamond Creek and it makes it even more unfortunate that they went down by, by just that one mm. point. But yeah, this is a terrific victory for for the for the Bears and gives them plenty of confidence. And the Borough were pretty close at times as well. Mm. I, I think they were in front as well at quarter time. So they, well, they were definitely thereabouts, but just didn't get yeah. over the line in the end. But what this does mean for the Borough is they've <laughs> lost their last three, as it was probably going to be anticipated, playing all top five sides. But they're now coming up against Thomastown and the Bears, as a reminder, about five weeks ago, were 14 points outside the top five, 14. Now, they're only two. And a win against St. Mary's will more than likely put them in the top five for the first time since the first half of the year. And they'll play finals football. It's remarkable to think about because Thomastown were dead and buried, really. We did not expect them to make such a big comeback. But the way the fixture has played out, these two teams will likely decide who comes into fifth. It's incredible to think about just because of, of the way the season's panned yeah. out. Both these sides haven't beaten a top five team this year, which is also incredible in itself <laughs> that one of these teams will be playing in the uh, finals football and may not have beaten the top five side. It's, it's, it's great to see for a league point of view that it's gotten this close, um, but it's going to be hard to see where it swings. Oh, it's, it's so enthralling. And yeah, I can understand why it's... So good from a league perspective and a media team perspective too. It just gives us something to talk about each week. And yeah, I'm amazed Thomas Town has gone on this run. 
yeah, I think it was probably five weeks ago when we were, when we were in here talking about you know Thomas Tout's season being all all but over, and yeah, thinking that St Mary's had locked up a top five spot, a top five spot, but no, they've just yeah, I think the fixture has helped definitely has definitely helped the the Bears and for the Borough it, it definitely hasn't, but it, it is so exciting to see that there is going to be a match that decides a, fi- a final in this who plays in finals in this final weekend of action. And what could be even more crazy is a spanner <laughs> could be thrown in the works of all of that. Even if Thomastown win, if Watsonia beat Banyul, then the Saints will make the top five, which is, <laughs> it's remarkable to yeah. think about. It is incredible because Watsonia, they've still kept themselves alive. They had a massive win over Epping and not just a massive win they've been able to boost that percentage as well which I think was just mm. as critical um, and all of a sudden it's put them in the hunt now they played Bad New in that last game yep. it is going to be fascinating because the Bears can't finish out of the top three they can't finish first they're, they're probably going to stay second so nothing to play for. Do they rest a few players? I think Are they happy to take it a little bit easy? Does it open the door for Watsonia, who have proven they can beat top five sides this year, to maybe sneak in and play off finals in Division 2 for the first time in quite some time? I think they do. I think Banyol, they will rest those players because, yeah, they, they have nothing to play for. And like, you know, Heidelberg in Division, in division 1, their reserves are also doing pretty well, I believe. But... Yeah, I think they're fourth or third at the moment, Banyol. Yeah, yeah, which isn't which is pretty impressive, and that's in a competition with the Eltham with the Eltham Reserves, who have just been all dominant. Um, but yeah, it's it it is quite remarkable to think that they could make finals. And again, a couple of weeks ago, we were thinking they wouldn't make finals, but courtesy of the fixture panning out their way, there's still a chance. And you know, I did calculate, I did some calculations, well, this this morning as well, and. You know, I, I, and I saw that, you know, Watsonia, I think they'd need to win by 70 or 80 points if St. Mary's are to, are to you know, defeat mm. Thomastown, which is a bit of a challenge, even if Banyol do rest some players. But, yeah, there's plenty to play for. I think they'll come out all guns blazing, and they have shown they can defeat top five sides and, and get close to top five sides too. So it's just um it's just unbelievable this this final weekend of MC Labor Division 2 it's making for some very exciting contests to come so we'll be keeping an eye on all of that throughout the next <laughs> week as well and i wonder what we'll be saying when we're sitting here this time next week we'll head to Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3 where it's all a bit more settled in that competition mm-hmm. Uh, spots are just about locked away. Um, there was about two or three pretty important clashes in that one. And we'll start with the top of the table one between Saparang and Lorimer. We'll speak to the Lions coach, Gary Hall, in a few moments' time. But uh, they they do it again, Saparang. Ten wins in a row now for them. They beat Lorimer for the second time in three weeks. They'll play each other again in, three weeks to, uh, in a couple of weeks' time. But the Lions move to the top of the ladder... Um, and we are now talking about them as being the side we all thought they would be at the yeah. start of the year, that they would be unbeatable, that it would be their flag to lose. They had a tough start to this campaign. They were, I think, five and four. And they've, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, maybe like, was it? I think it four and three would probably yeah. be a bit more of, an, of, a, of a better scenario there. But they've gone on to win 10 consecutive games. It's quite <laughs> incredible. Um, and they, there is no doubt in anyone's mind now that they will be the team to beat come finals. Yeah, they definitely have shown that. And yeah, this that's what, you know, Premier or Champion sides do. They always find a way to, to get on winning runs. And 
the Lions, they've just done that. It's been quite remarkable, the run that they have been on. And, yeah, it's a, a really good vi a really good victory over the power as well. And, you know, it, yeah, I think it gives them plenty of confidence that, you know, they've been able to defeat Loma the last two times. They lost to them earlier in the season, mm -hmm. which might give the power a little bit of confidence in, in heading into that, you know, qualifying final at the showgrounds in Cup in well, one and a half weeks' time, I think, as well. So, yeah, this is a really impressive victory and much deserved for South Morangia. Whilst the minor premiership isn't all but locked up, they still have to face Myrna and Loma face Laylor. Unless a major slip-up occurs, oh, I don't see them dropping it, though. Yeah, I agree. I think that the Lions will finish the season as minor premiers. A bit of a slip-up here for Loma. I think there might be a few questions that have mm -hmm. to be asked about them now. They've lost... To South Morang twice, they've lost to Old Altham twice. They've been there only four blemishes this year, but yeah. against sides that have really tried to compete this year, it is a bit of a struggle to see if they can push through um, and, and win that first premiership in their uh, in their uh, club history. Uh, they're definitely capable, and on their mm -hmm. day, they can always turn it up. They've brought in some really great personnel this year to try and get themselves that premiership. So you can't count them out, but I think... I think in this next week, they, they do need to reassess and see what they can do to get over the lines. The other one-point game, can you believe it? Three one-point games in our senior men's competitions this year. It's, it's pretty incredible. But Old Eltham Collegians get the one-point win over Kilmore. So that was away from home as well. We obviously called that game when they were there last time, and it was Kilmore that got the chocolates. They ended Old Eltham's streak. So the fact that the Turtles have been able to repay the favour get the important win. It doesn't really matter too much anyway, it's just for the fact that they'll play each other again in the first week of finals next week at Whittlesey Showgrounds. But to get the edge on them at this point of the season, crucial for the Turtles. Oh, well, positive as well. They get the home rooms at the Showgrounds too, which I'm sure they'd enjoy. But yeah, this is a, a pretty good victory. And without Matthew Keyes too, I think, who I believe is gone mm. for the rest of the season, which is a massive blow. But it's also a confidence booster because, you know, Kilmore came charging home in in that final term, three goals to to two. But you know they had their chances, which they missed. They kicked the two behind. They kicked the two behinds, and Old Eltham were just clinical in front mm. of goal eight, goals three. And you know these two, they clearly love to love to to make it a scrap out um, in each of their matches. I think you know there might have only been one or maybe just two matches since the Turtles have joined the NFL in 2019, where they've been. You know, double-digit margins, and yeah, this is a massive confidence booster. Now that they, you know, have that win over Kilmore, which has eluded them, well, for I think almost a year when they got that first, they got that first win over the Blues um, at Altham College as well, and it gives them definitely gives them that edge heading into heading into finals. Absolutely does, and I guess the other game, not too much significance for the latter's point of view, but Reservoir made it their third win of the season defeating Laylor at Chris Park. It's, again, pretty minor win in terms of the whole competition, but an important one for Reservoir. This has been a side that have finished on the bottom of the ladder every year since 2017. This has been a side that hadn't won a game since 2017 coming into this year. And for them to have come in and win all three games against Laylor, yeah. 
um, has been an impressive achievement. I think Justin George has done a fantastic job with the club and, and just getting them that winning feeling again. And, and I guess the plan now is to just try and build something from here from a Mustangs point of view. For Laylor, I mean, unfortunately for them, they'll, they'll probably finish the season winless. It's the lowest finish they've had in their club history as well, bottom mm-hmm. of Division Three, First time that's happened for them. Um, but we know that the struggles that both clubs have had, and I'm sure that they'll rebuild in the appropriate way. But on the Mustangs, getting those wins, we heard from Justin early in the week as well that it looks like they've signed most of their squad for next year as well, which is, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, and I'm sure that will go a long way into them maybe pulling off a big upset next year. Who knows? Yeah, and that I would honestly love to see as well. But yeah, their first, uh, I think, three, three win season with three-plus wins since that premiership season of 2015. It gives them great confidence. And well... Not, well, obviously not for the final round of the season, but just for, you know, the future and, and next year as well. It, it's a massive confidence booster. And yeah, it's great to see them get up after, you know, the struggles that they had the last couple of years, particularly last year. And they're really building something special down there at Chris Park. And I reckon, yeah, it, I think it can continue and continue to grow in, in the years to come. Hopefully, yeah, they do pull off a, a shock victory or two next season. And, yeah, this is this is a massive confidence booster, and it's unfortunate for Layla that they're finishing yeah right down at well pretty much rock bottom. I hate to say that uh, of the senior men's competition. Hopefully they can you know find hopefully they can find some players and continue to build to next season as well. Build something next season. And Heidelberg West getting the win over Mernda as well to round out round seventeen in Division Three. I guess mathematically there's still a chance to play finals. They're four <laughs> points behind Kilmore coming into the last game of the year, but they would have to beat Old Eltham quite significantly. Um, Kilmore would have to lose, and there's a 27% gap that they have yeah. to make up. So it could be a bit difficult, I think, if if they are to get um, over the line. But we've seen stranger things happen, <laughs> and if it were to happen, I think we'd all be just as shocked. But... It's been another great home and away season in Holderberg Golf Club Division 3. And now speaking to the coach of the minor premiers for the 2022 season is South Morang senior coach, Gary Hall. Now joining us on the NFNL podcast is the senior men's coach of the South Morang Football Netball Club, Gary Hall. Gary, thanks so much for coming on and giving us a bit of your time today. Thanks for having me. Uh, ten in a row now, top of the ladder, a big win against uh, the, the side that will probably challenge you the most for a premiership this year. The vibes must be pretty good around South Morang at the moment. Yeah, the whole, whole club's um, in a good place at the moment, uh, off-field and on-field, with um, the 19s, reserves and seniors all on top, so yeah, we've given ourselves every chance. Uh, obviously, you've been around the club for a few years now and you've had many finals runs uh, with the Lions. Has has 2022 been much different to, to some of your previous final runs in, in the last few years, particularly before COVID, or, or is it pretty similar in terms of, of how you're trying to go about it? No, it's 2017. Uh, yeah, we were up and about. And we didn't really lose a home and away game until the last round. We, we copped some pretty nasty injuries to key players and I still I think to this day that's what cost us the, the grand final uh, then again in 2019 we sort of I think we used about 46 um, players throughout the year and probably lost to 
Turtles, second last game by about 10 goals, and then bounced back and beat Lauru, which was on top. And by the time we got to the grand final there, we were just limped in. Um, injuries again, it's hard. So, yeah, we've made a point this year. I've rested blokes, and it's only been one goal all along this year to win one game. So, you know, everyone's pretty good nick coming in um, this time of year. Well, you, you speak about the injuries that have probably, um, I guess, affected you in previous years. It was looking that way at the start of the year as well. You had a lot of unavailable players and um, you sort of weren't getting the consistency as you would have liked. How important was it to keep focused in those early parts of the season when the wins weren't coming as, as well as you would have liked and, and knowing that you would get some of those players back eventually? Oh, that's what you can do. You can just hang in there, but... You know, the strength around the club and we've played a lot of, you know, boys, there's some good footballers. If you watch, you know, look at the reserves and, and how they're going, there's some good footballers playing there, which has seen the opportunity and still, you know, they're pretty stiff to not get a game now. That's how strong we are. So, yeah, it was disappointing. We lost a few games, but, you know, they weren't by big margins and, you know, a couple of there, I think we even had more scoring shots. So it was just... Just a matter of just hanging in there, and um, yeah, we knew we were going to get blokes back, you know, later on, and I probably let blokes have a little bit more time off uh, just to give them extra recovery. Just looking at the bigger picture, Gary. Um you brought in a couple of players this this off season as well, namely Bailey Brown back from Montmorency and Nathan Stefanol from Whittlesea. Those two players coming down from Division One clubs this season. How much of an impact have they had? Brown, you know, he looks like he's had a great season and a great impact as well as Stefanol up forward and in the ruck. Yeah, well, you know, Bailey Brown's obviously you know, been a junior at the club and. And, uh, you know, we're so lucky to have him back. He's just, uh, you know, you, you watch him play, he's fearless and he's just, he's, you know, he's our engine room um, and he's so consistent. Uh, and and with Nathan, well, you know, we needed a Ruffman and, and uh, he's just, it's like the bloke's been there his whole life. He's just, um, yeah, they're two, both, both of them are just quality footballers and, and quality people. And uh, Nathan's experience just uh, um, you know, around the, with young Aaron Lazaric, he's you know his games improved out of sight. Just having Nathan there, and yeah, he's just um, great bloke from over in the club. And just one more about you know Ty Hall, who's come back into the side in the last couple of weeks. You know, has been killing it as well. Talk about how much of an impact he's had. It seems like he's had a pretty big impact too. Oh, well, Ty, yeah, anyone watches Ty knows, knows how he goes about his football. He's, he's had a really tough, tough few years with, you know, ACLs and, uh, you know, a lot of nasty injuries that um, we just held him back. And, you know, he, he's pretty fresh and, and ready to go. So, you know, when he's in the side, you know, of course, you know, we play a lot better. Everyone lives when he's around there, but... Um, you know, when he's not, he hasn't been there the whole year and we've still won games without him. So, you know, we don't rely on one person. You've you've been around the Division 3 traps for quite a few years as a coach, Gary. And I guess, I, I think maybe a few pundits have been a little bit surprised about how even the competition has been at times, particularly at the top of the table. Have What have you made of, of the competition and, and some of those sides that are really trying to push for finals and premierships, premiership aspirations this year? Oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's, it's, 
it's pretty even, but we just we just feel as though that um, you know, this this year's our year. We've yeah, we've we've had a few um, you know losses in grand finals, and we know what uh, what it's about. We've prepared for it. We've recruited for it. Uh, you know, and we just think that the rest of the comp, we just think that we're a little bit better than everyone else. That's that's the way where our attitude is this year. We've got blokes, you know, mid-range in the 24, 25, uh, Ty, um, Brownie, you know, Houston, Power, Taylor, uh, all these guys now, they've played 70-odd games. Um, we've got a few older boys there and a few young blokes. So we've got just a really good mix and everyone's hungry. Gary, it's great to have you on the podcast, giving us a bit of an insight into South Morang season and what you're looking forward to as well in the postseason and finals. I appreciate you giving us a bit of your time and, and all the best for the rest of the season. Thanks very much. That was Gary Hall there, the senior men's coach of the South Morang Football Club, who are absolutely flying at the moment. And I'm sure we'll be, they'll be very prominent come finals time in Division Three. Let's head to our women's review of the weekend. Another fascinating weekend of finals action <laughs> took place at Epping Recreation Reserve. And we'll start with Winning Edge Division 1 women's and Diamond Creek women's one, I think, as expected. But they've advanced to their mm-hmm. second consecutive Division 1 grand final. 35-point winners over West Preston Lakeside 1. We'll speak to their coach, Cole Wallington, in a few moments' time. But just another fantastic season coming here for Diamond Creek Women's 1. They're going to play off in the grand final. They'll be hot favourites, as you would expect. Mm. Um, But, yeah, it's been a phenomenal year for the Creekers and everyone involved. Yeah, it has been, and it's just... Yeah, it's it's pretty much it's yeah they've been the dominant side and the only side that has defeated them this year. Mm-hmm. Well, comfortably defeated in the end. We got to give a shout out as well to Linda Thor passing the fifty goal mark. Mm. It's it's pretty remarkable whether that be in, in you know men's competition or or women's competition and yeah just to do it in the first week of finals too. It's pretty remarkable and caps off a great season. West Preston Lakeside too. I don't think they'd be too disheartened by this result. It's only, you know, it's not the biggest victory for the Creekers. And yeah, there's still plenty of positives. Whilst they won all four quarters, there's still plenty of positives to kick four goals too. Pretty straight mm. kicking. And if they got more chances and if they do get the chance to face the Creeker women in the grand final, which will be a bit of a challenge making that grand final now, they'll definitely they'll definitely come firing. Well, you say it's a challenge because they're going to be coming up against a Darabin side who are looking really good at the moment. They've knocked Montmorency out of the competition. Straight sets now for the Magpies. And they didn't just beat him. 67 points of final margin for the Falcons. It was quite incredible to see just how impressive they were throughout the entire campaign. They kept the Magpies goalless until halftime, scoreless after three-quarter time. And it was, yeah, just quite phenomenal to see how impressive the Falcons were and Matty Webster's side well they're looking really good at the moment oh, I'm amazed at that margin too just because you know I always thought Montmorency were the third best side in in Division 1 and the Falcons were pretty close to them but yeah just they just blew them out of the water mm. and they're really flying at the moment and going to be brimming with confidence heading into that oh, massive preliminary final down at Preston City Oval against against the Roosters SG Print and Paper Division 2 women's and 
Wow, Altham's off to the big dance as well. They mm -hmm. turned the tables on their defeat to St. Mary's in the penultimate round of the home and away campaign. They've defeated the Borough by 25 points in a low-scoring affair, but five first-half goals for Altham was enough, really, yeah. to get them over the line in the end. Jackie White, another stellar goal-kicking campaign from her, two majors, um, and they've just had contributors all around the ground as they have all year to advance to their second, I believe, women's grand final in history. They went down to Bandura in the 2017 Division Three decider. I believe that's the last time they did make the grand final in the women's competition, but still a fantastic effort for them to get back here again. And I think a bit of a blow for St. Mary's. They were probably The way they were looking in the last few weeks, they probably thought that they were going to get there first. Yeah, and... I wonder if having that week off might have, you know, not helped them too much. But, yeah, this is a, a massive surprise. And that fast start from from the Panthers was the difference in the end. This is, yeah, they deserve to be, you know, well, the first side into into that grand final, though, just because they're on top for most of the year. They only dropped out into second in, you know, the, that penultimate round when they went down to St. Mary's and... Yeah, it's been a remarkable season and it's continued and a big chance here for them to, you know, get a get a get another premiership into the cabinet out there at Panther Place. And a three-goal to nil final term secured Banyul's place into the prelim final next week. They defeated Whittlesey by 27 points after leading by just nine at three-quarter time. They put the foot down and were able to ensure a victory to advance to a prelim final, a spirited finals campaign from Whittlesey for their first time in the finals for their women's side. Uh, a very impressive effort to beat the Fitzroy Stars and then come close to a dominant side in Banyul this year. Um, and now to have the chance to try to get one against the bar to make their way to a grand final. So impressive stuff from Banyul. Yeah, it's very impressive. And yeah, very impressive from Little C2 to just keep up with them for first couple of quarters. But yeah, unfortunately, I think clearly they did fade away a little bit but yeah credit to the Bears it's their first final win as well you know we'll mm. see got that first final win a couple of weeks well previous weekend and now the now the Bears have that one and you know they might they'd be pretty confident they could get the victory over uh, over the bar they're on the same points although the bar would go in as favorites but it is a very intriguing preliminary final out there and then over to cleaning Melbourne Division 3 women's, and it was another close game between these two sides, but it will be Mernda that will be the first team into the grand final. They defeated Hurstbridge by 13 points um, in another low-scoring affair, but it was the Demons that were able to have a small advantage that they held on to throughout the entire morning. Amira Gentle, two more majors for her to make it nine in her last three games. Um, and Belinda Harris, she stood out for the Bridges but it wasn't enough for them and they'll be into a prelim rather than a grand final this week and the West Preston Lakeside too they bounced back from their qualifying final defeat to get over the line against Lorimer by 20 points it was a close game up until three quarter time though the power kept right with the Roosters five points was the margin at the final change but a last term where the Roosters kicked two goals three and kept the power scoreless stored them triumph by 20 points so we'll see the Roosters and the Bridges face off for the second time in two weeks um, in the preliminary final at Preston City Oval and the winner to face Murder. Yeah and you know, Hurstbridge would definitely go in as favourites having I think, comfortably defeated West Preston Lakeside in, in that first week 
of finals. But yeah, great credit to Lorimer. They kept up with the Roosters for most of it. And I had a feeling they would. They were coming off a, a good victory against the Harderberg two side, which which had struggled, but had defeated them previously. But yeah, this is a this is a really good victory for the Roosters and. It, it's not the most intriguing preliminary final this weekend between the Bridges and West Western Lakeside too, but it still is a very intriguing one and can't wait to see how it all goes down. And yeah, shout out to Mernda as well, getting into their first grand final and getting their first finals victory too. They've been yeah, the dominant side in cleaning Melbourne Division 3 this season and thoroughly deserve it too and thoroughly deserve the week off as well. And we'll now chat to the senior coach of the Diamond Creek women's senior football side in Cole Wallington following their side's advancement to the 2022 Winning Edge Division 1 Grand Final. Now joining us on the NFNL podcast is the senior coach of the Diamond Creek women's football club, Cole Wallington. Cole, thank you so much for coming on and having a chat with us today. Thanks for having me, mate. My pleasure. Must be really great to be back in this position again. It's been a few years since we've been able to get to the final stages of our women's competition, but I guess while some things change, it remains the same for your club. You're back in the big dance again. Everyone in the club must be so excited. Yeah, mate, the vibe around the place is uh, it's fantastic. So, you know, the girls have worked really, really hard uh, this year and, you know, probably over the last four years, actually. So, yeah, um, it's been fantastic to get to where we are again. I mean, I, I just mentioned before, of, of course, you had the, the 2019 run where, unfortunately, you, you fell short. Are there any big differences compared to that run in 2019 and, and what you're experiencing now in terms of the finals and, and the competition you're facing? Um, look, like every other club, you have turnover of players. Players come in, players leave. Um, I think we've retained, you know, probably about or we'll say about 60% of the girls back in 2019, which has been pretty good. Um, but, you know, over the last probably three years, you know, including 2020, uh, we did a lot of work even through that COVID year. We didn't, we didn't just stop. So, you know, um, I mean, coming into 21 was good. We had a 10-game uh, win streak, and uh, obviously we all know how that went. But um, coming into this year, we've had consistency, um with a lot of players going through the twos, the ones, um, it's been, yeah, it's been a pretty up and down year. But um, the girls have really held held really strong, and um, it's a credit to them. Obviously, last year with the season getting cut short, it was set to be another fantastic year for your side. You went undefeated in that um, shortened year, but of course, we weren't able to go ahead with any finals, and ended up being a very long pre-season. What was it like to try and keep your side motivated to that time? Obviously, playing such great football and then coming up short in terms of the fact that they weren't able to play out the year um, and then obviously that compounding with the, the 2019 result. Was it hard to try and motivate your side to get back again for this year's campaign? Uh, not really. I think we were really hungry. Um, you know, there's a lot of girls there that were motivating everybody else. It wasn't just the coaching staff. It was everyone that wanted to continue on um, to try and get that elusive flag, that's for sure. So the, the hunger within the team, uh, the whole playing group, so to speak, it's been fantastic. It's, yeah, we needed to really continue to push. Yeah, we'll gutted at the end of last year. Um, like, you know, other finals, uh, candidates as well, they were gutted too. It's just 
I think, um, you know, we held a really good position uh, throughout that year. And, you know, coming into this year, we really just, that hunger just grew even more because we really want that flag like everybody else does. But, well, I mean, our work over the last three years up till this year has been, yeah, pretty good. Very, uh, really good, actually. A couple of months ago, maybe or maybe a bit less on this podcast, we spoke to Brooke Plummer, who, of course, ended up going on to be drafted by the Geelong Cats in the uh, AFLW draft and she was playing some brilliant football for your side this year. She was always around the best um, and, and just being a part of all the action. You know, uh, such a great talent I'm sure to have as many of your players are in this team but Brooke in particular to see her already um, have so much success in her short career um, you must have been very pleased to play a bit of a role in that. Oh definitely. You know I think it's a uh... It's a major credit to herself, her family. You know, there's a lot of people, um, you know, look at the player and they see how much they've done as an individual to get themselves uh, to that position. But I know the Plummer family have uh, worked hard behind the scenes to get her primed and ready as well. You know, those uh, long drives and (laughs) long games and everything like that. You know, back-to-back games um, has been... An absolute credit to their family, but for Brooke herself to get picked up in the AFL, it was unreal. It was, uh, we all were at the club sitting there waiting patiently, and then yeah, once she got picked up, that was yeah, the club went absolutely off. But you know, Brooke has been an absolute uh, jet with our team. She's you know her, her skills are a lot um, clean. She's uh, fantastic on the run. She can pick the ball up really, really smoothly as well without losing momentum. I think you know there's a little, you know, little one percent of things that kind of separate her from a bit of the pack. So, um, you know, and not only that too, she's got a, just a great personality too. She's very bubbly, always smiling, wants to improve, wants feedback, and you know that's what separates a lot of players. Um, you know, with, with the girls that are continuing to get into AFL is. They just want feedback. They want to know what what they need to improve on, how they need to go, and you know. So she's yeah, the credit to herself again. She's well well and deserving in being picked up at Geelong. That's for sure. Well, you obviously won't have her in the grand final a couple of weeks' time. You do still have some fantastic players um, that will be a part of your team on that Sunday. Some that have had some fantastic seasons themselves. Linda Thorpe has been one, particularly um, on the golf front. Georgia Tate's also been impressive. The likes of, you know, Stacey Cross as well. You've got talent across all areas of the field. Um, tell us a bit about, I guess, some of the development of of the girls and, and what they've been experiencing this year and, and how far you think they've come in the last, I guess, five or six months? Yeah, look, it, it, across the board, we've, we're a team where we've really tried over the last three years to not rely on four to five or six players. You know, you've got Carly Coburn, you can throw in there as well. You've got Caitlin Smith mm-hmm. up on the wing. Um, you know, Bethany Vizzini, Alicia Maskell, there's a lot of these girls that have um, really proved over the, over the course of this year that they deserve their spots. Um, you know, Leah Swain um, got picked up through Casey and then all of a sudden, probably the last four to five weeks, been playing some really top top footy in the ruck. Um, and then also, too, you can't forget Kiara Nardo. Mm. Um, she's been really strong through the midfield, you know. But the likes of the girls that you mentioned, you know, there's a lot of that engine room uh, for them. But it's across the board, we're very lucky to have you know, not just a core group of five or six girls you rely on, but a real big core group of 20-plus that 
Um, you know, if we need them to put in a certain position, they're going to do it whether they like it or not. But they, they know that the fundamentals of football doesn't change, it's just the position that they're sitting on the football field. Uh, like I said, a massive game on Sunday for the grand final. We'll be facing either West Preston Lakeside or Darabin, who are both pretty strong sides in their own right, but also sides, I guess, bar the Roosters' loss early in the year that you've been able to have some great wins over as well. You know, such a highly anticipated game. I'm sure you, your girls have been rearing for it um, pretty much since the start of the season. What would it mean to you and your team and your club if you were able to get over the line and, and bring Diamond Creek Women's their first NFNL Women's Premiership? Oh, <laughs> it's, um, for, you know what, for me personally, um, I've been coaching for 14 years now and, um, you know, that, that to get that flag would be absolutely amazing but just to share it with that group of girls it'd be beyond words um i love all of them they've you know not only we're just a football club we're a family um and you know at all with all families you have your ups and downs but you know to get up on that stage after hopefully winning a flag whether it's darabin or whether it's uh west preston Either way, um, yeah, I'll be I'll be lost for words. I don't know what I'll say on the mic if we <laughs> if we do get there. But you know, at the end of the day, um, yeah, it's going to be an absolute feeling. I know for me, I'll probably just look up to the sky and say, you know, that's this one's for you. So I'm I'm hanging um, to hopefully win that flag, mate. Well, all the best for Sunday and what lies ahead for you in the next couple of weeks. We really appreciate you coming on, giving us some of your time, and I'm sure we'll cross paths soon. All the best for a fortnight's time. Yeah, thanks very much. And just uh, lastly, good luck to uh, West Preston, Paul, and, and Darabin, Matty. Uh, all the best in your preliminary final this, um, this coming weekend. Thanks again, Nick. That was the senior coach of the Diamond Creek Women's Football Club, Cole Wallington, chatting to us. Great to hear from him, and I'm sure they are looking forward to a big grand final at Preston City Oval in two weeks' time. But still got plenty to get through with a preview of our senior men's and women's action this weekend. There's so many fascinating games out there, Josh. Just so excited to see how our seasons end in Division 2 and 3, and, and if final spots are still up for grabs in Division 1. Oh, it's very, very exciting indeed. And let's, of course, start off with Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1. It's done, yeah, the, the least, probably the least interesting clash happening out at J.A. Moore Park, West Preston Lakeside, Hurstbridge. You know, the Bridges, whilst they're not fully safe, you would assume they're pretty safe and pretty safe in Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1. And they'll be looking to put up a good performance against West Preston Lakeside, who they only just went down to in their first meeting earlier. Yeah, this is what I think it might actually be a decent game. Bridges, a big mm. win for them, obviously, last week. Roosters go down by a point. They might feel a bit vulnerable. Bit vulnerable. They've had a bad patch of form. Could be a chance. Yeah, they they could be a bit a bit of a chance. And we've seen West Preston Lakeside slip up at home as well. So... Yeah, it's it could be a very interesting clash. Uh, Bandura Northcote Park. Uh, yeah, it's going to take a miracle for uh, I reckon Northcote Park to win, given uh, given Bandura have been in, in really good form the last couple of weeks. Two wins against top five sides, and Northcote Park having their struggles. It'll be interesting to see, you know, how their how their defence shapes up as well, and you know, you know, against a, a very potent. Bandura attackers they showed the previous well last weekend uh, Greensboro Whittlesea is also a pretty interesting one plenty to play for for Whittlesea again their spot in Division 1 isn't locked up so 
they'll be looking to get a victory. But for Greensboro, a victory here, and depending on other results, it, it will all but lock up finals. So equally plenty on the line to play there at War Memorial Park. It might not be the closest. It could be a very close game. And I think we'll see. I think it was 25 points at the start of the season that they lost by. And I think it was one quarter where they slipped up and... If they put together a four-quarter performance, they're a chance. But the two big matches, Heidelberg-McLeod at, at Warringal Park, the two neighbours as well, it'll be a very fierce duel. It'll be interesting to see as well if Heidelberg do rest players, as I mentioned before. I, I don't think they... I don't think they might, but I, I reckon... Well, I don't think they... I'd say I don't think they might. I reckon they will, actually. And, you know, whilst their reserves are doing well, I think... McLeod would get, would consider themselves a chance if some of their if some of the bigger names for the Tigers are missing and North Heidelberg Montmorency yeah North Heidelberg did get close last time against the Magpies at Montmorency Park too this time it's at Shelley Street Reserve and a massive clash between the two between the two there expecting it to be pretty fierce uh, I think the last couple of clashes have been pretty fierce between the two as well and. Yeah, I reckon we're set for a big week, for a pretty big weekend once more in Melbourne Greyhounds Division One. Helps for my preview as well. Into Division Two, massive, cl- massive clashes, which I'll touch on a little later. But yeah, a couple of results you would assume that unfortunately would be all settled now. Diamond Creek Fitzroy Stars at Coventry Oval. Unfortunately, I think it's going to be a winless season for the Stars, which you hate to see. And but you know, it's a chance to show that they can build on something next season in Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3 and for Diamond Creek well they just need a win and hope they'll plenty lose to get back into the top 3 and lock in a double chance Eltham and Epping as well first versus second last uh, I wonder if Eltham will rest players as well you know all look to you know play a full strength side get them game time ahead of a, a head well of a, of a semi-final against most likely either Banyol or Lower Plenty and the Bears do face Penn Hill. The Bears of Lower Plenty, Penn Hill at Montmorency Park South. I'm expecting it to be a pretty high scoring affair like they always tend to be out there and well I think Lower Plenty have had shock defeats out there. It would be a really shock defeat given their good run of form in in the last couple of weeks. So and yeah not too much on the line for Penn Hill playing for just pride down there and it could be a very interesting clash, but yeah, I think the Bears should get the win there. But the two big clashes, as we alluded to before, Watsonia Banyol at Binak Park. As I said before as well, Watsonia St. Mary's win. They need to win by a big margin against Banyol. And it's going to be interesting once more if Banyol do rest players at, at Binak Park and get them ready for a qualifying final, most likely against Lower Plenty. It is set up to be a very interesting clash, but... This match, I reckon it'll decide who finishes in the top, in that fifth spot. St. Mary's, Thomastown at Watmo Park. Mm. These matches in, you know, the last couple of years since St. Mary's joined MC Labor in 2019. They've, from what I've seen, they've been pretty close by a couple of thump, by a couple of thumpings, you know, to either side. And St. Mary's, they've got their number over Thomastown having defeated them. I think the last two occasions, one in 2021 and, well, the first meeting between the two this year. But Thomastown coming in really good form. St. Mary's, they've had their struggles these last couple of weeks against the top against top five sides. And 
There's plenty on the line out there at Binnick Park, and I cannot wait to see how that pans out. Uh, Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3, probably the biggest clash out there. Old Eltham Collegians and Heidelberg West. The Turtles won't mind playing Heidelberg West, I reckon, in this final week, just because when Heidelberg West are at their best, they're definitely a finals-like side. And whilst they'll, you know, they'll probably miss out on the top four, they're still mathematically a chance, but... They need a miracle if they are to get the if they are to get into the top four. But yeah, it's a very it's a very interesting clash out at Eltham College, and I reckon it's going to go right down to the wire like the first meeting did earlier in the season—a one-point margin between the two at Heidelberg Park. And whilst Heidelberg West won their last meeting at Eltham College, Old Eltham, they'll be pretty confident as well. They can get the win, having defeated Kilmore the week before. Speaking of the Blues, they do face Reservoir, and you know. It would definitely lock up a final spot if they do win, but a chance to, you know, they could rest some players as well heading into a likely elimination final against Old Eltham Collegians at the showgrounds. But, yeah, it's a chance for Reservoir to, you know, build once more heading into 2023. Laura Malaylor. Now, Jackson Cecile is on 20 goals. How many is 20 goals away from mm-hmm. the 100 goal mark? <laughs> I wonder if he can get to... T- I, re- I wonder well, if just be fair to get to if you think, Josh. Oh, I have a feeling. I think it might be a touch too long, much, to be honest. I uh, reckon he'll make it in finals. Uh, could, he, he probably will make it in... Uh, it's hard to tell. Let's see how they go. Like, it, yeah. Laylor's still going to put up a, a, as much of a fight as they can. And, and knowing that being the case, they might try and double-team him. Who knows? Yeah, I, I think I've got a small feeling he could get past that double-digit mark once more this week. I reckon he can get to, you know, if he get, gets to 15 or, or 14 goals, I'd give him a chance of getting to that 100-goal mark in finals. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, it would be... it's. Definitely a bit of a challenge in South Morang Murder too. Local rivals as well, they'll be battling it out. And yeah, chance for South Morang whilst they, you know, that minor premiership is all but, is pretty much locked up. It's a chance to all but seal it up. And yeah, good chance to continue that remarkable run that they've been on. Three big prelim finals as well in our women's competition, as we've mentioned throughout the podcast. West Preston Lakeside Mine and Darabin won. That's at 210. Uh, well, two th- actually 210 that one yep um, and then we've got the one in the middle of the games St Mary's and Banyol that'll be huge um, and then West Preston Lakeside two up against uh, Hurstbridge as well in the other prelim final in Division 3 credit to the Roosters as well for having two sides still in finals contention <clears throat> um, at this point of the season a remarkable achievement for the women's program with the Roosters netball finals they kick off as well on Friday night sections 1 to 3 will have their first semi-final played on Friday night and the rest of the sections will have both semi-finals taking place at Latrobe Sports Stadium and in our junior grand finals as we mentioned all the best <laughs> to all competing teams that are facing off across our grounds in the junior grand finals but that's all we have time for on this week's episode of the NFNL podcast Josh thanks as always for coming on always a pleasure and you yeah, can't wait for this weekend and finals fever is well and truly here absolutely it is I've been your host Nicholas Sacco and you've been listening to the NFNL podcast